Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Lucas. Back again, another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders. Uh, just got through having a Super Bowl weekend a couple weeks ago here. Um, did the team you want to win, Lucas, did they win? Um, in terms of gambling, yes, but uh, <laughs> the Vikings didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So no. oh, oh, gosh. Well, our, our Vikings weren't even in the conversation. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Sorry for us again. If uh, any of you listeners are from Minnesota, you know what we're dealing with or the Midwest for that matter. Since my counterpart here is from Iowa, we are by default uh, Vikings fans. Uh, believe it or not, I know some folks that are from your area of the world that started to pretend they were Chiefs fans all of a sudden. It was like, huh. Okay. Yeah, I know those Chief people. <laughs> ha- happened a couple of years when they won their, their Super Bowl with Mahomes and all of a sudden they're like, oh, diehard Chiefs. I'm like, okay. Yeah. No, yeah, you are. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and get on that bandwagon. Yeah. So why are we talking about the Super Bowl on a podcast about Airbnb? Because we have come across some information that we're going to share with you guys that we thought was very relevant to you as Airbnb owners. We assume uh, if you're still listening to this many episodes and you're this deep into our library, you're probably in business. If you're not in business yet, um, kudos to you for crushing out this many episodes and getting ready. Um, but today's topic is relevant because of this subject matter that came across our desk. Um, the fact that there are property managers who run dozens of properties in the Phoenix and Scottsdale and Paradise Valley area in Arizona there who are finding themselves uh, with half of their inventory unbooked leading up to Super Bowl. So being who we are, Lucas and I dug into the data here. We're like, what is this tragic headline that people have dozens of empty properties in their portfolio? Because I'll be honest with you guys, you know, I know how Lucas runs his business and he knows how I run mine. We get booked all the time (laughs) and it's not to us. It just kind of feels like second nature. Do what it takes to get booked. Right, Lucas? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Just get booked. You know, uh, people like to say in our Facebook groups, I hear all the time, you know, Beds in the heads, that's all you, you know, heads in the beds. I said it backwards. Heads in the beds, blah, blah, blah. They're like, just get people in there. There's a, you, you know, you got to draw a line somewhere. Like, what kind of people do you want in there? Do you want the super, super duper discount because you happen to be empty for a couple of days? Probably not. But anyway, we dug into this article. We dug into this information. What we found is that these quote unquote professional managers that are being quoted in these articles by this news source were committing cardinal sins in terms of watching their inventory number one watching their pricing and how they relate to each other okay so if you know the super bowl is coming up um if i'm not mistaken you you might be able to help me out with this lucas uh doesn't the nfl announce super bowl locations somewhere in the neighborhood of four or five years ahead time isn't it like three or four or five years out so like if i went and googled it right now i could find out where it's going to be in three years four years etc now if if i'm in a market like phoenix miami dallas okay i should expect the super bowl will come at least every five to ten years 
you know, it's a warm weather climate. If I'm in Minneapolis, like I am, I'm pretty sure we got the Super Bowl the one time we were going to get it um, at our brand new stadium. And then that's the extent of it. I don't see them rushing back here for a Super Bowl that is hosted under the uh, polar vortex ever again. It was ridiculously cold when we hosted it here. So anyway, that's a different topic. But regardless, these folks knew the Super Bowl was coming and they were trying to get, uh, I think I, I saw a number quoted here, over $1,000 a night for a three-bedroom home. On a five-night minimum. So they wanted you to come for five nights. But I'm like, well, the Super Bowl is only one day. So why would somebody come for longer than, let's say, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Well, the, the, the surrounding events leading up to it, uh, there's some parties, there's some NFL experiences, stuff like that, that I've, I've actually had the, the pleasure of being around the Super Bowl two times. You can do stuff upwards of two, three days ahead of the Super Bowl. So I, I, I can kind of get where they're coming from with that. But still, yes, a five-night minimum is kind of a lot. And so here's this dude with a $1,200 night minimum with a five or $1,200 a night with a five night minimum, like you said, what does it come out to? That's, that's $6,000, <laughs> 6,000 bucks. Now, how many people are you going to put in a three bedroom place? You know, minimum three, maximum six. Are you trying to have people scab on the couch? Eight, 10. I mean, I don't even know the rules on the house. We've all, we've all talked about rules. There's occupancy rules, et cetera. There could be rental license problems that don't allow more than six people. I don't know, but regardless, you start splitting that up between them, you know, I mean, that's kind of an expensive vacation for three people. It's a, it's a less expensive vacation for six, but you imagine these are couples or whatever the case. Long story short, that's a lot of dough for five nights in one house, a little three bedroom house, mind you. Okay. This manager then, what does he do? He knocks the nightly minimum down to two nights and he cuts his rate to 500 a night and he's right up against the Super Bowl. And guess what? He's not booked. So what did he do here? Where was the mistake? Okay. You got to be nimble in any business. Okay. So whether it's, whether it's Lucas's real estate business that's outside of management or my contracting business outside of Airbnb management and, and operations, if I see a shift in an economy, I have to allow for that in the way I price things and how I service my customers, right? Yeah, so, so how I would approach, like for me, obviously over here in Florida, I get the Daytona 500 where I'm at, where, yeah. where a lot of my units are essentially located. So I know that that's going to happen every year. So obviously football is a little bit different where, you know, teams might have, you know, a, a certain fan crowd following them around. So, you know, you could wait. His biggest point here is not changing his price points at an early enough date when he notices right. he's not going to be booked. Well, so let's for me, that, that those people don't know that their team's going until two weeks ahead. That's still two weeks. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that exact thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, if you're not booked by the Monday or Tuesday following the AFC NFC championship games, that you got to no. change prices. Right. It's not an option. I would argue it should be before that. I, I would say within within 72 hours of that the championships games, those who were going to travel are going to travel. You know what I mean? That's that's my feeling on it. I think that a week might even be too long. You know what I mean? Uh, well, that's what I think. You know, the, the AFC NFC games would have been on a, a Sunday. So you got Sunday, right. Monday, Tuesday. By Tuesday, if you're not booked, you got to change prices, period. You can't wait right. until two nights, you yes. know? Yes, yes, exactly. If you're two nights ahead of the Super Bowl, guess what? If you're vacant, you're going to be vacant. Everybody that's coming you into know? town 
has already booked a place. Period. Yeah, and you could do different strategies. You know, he went from $1,200 a night at a five-night minimum to $500 a night at a two-night minimum. Why wouldn't you just stay at, let's say, 1200 If 1200 is the market rate and you think you can get that, just dump the nightly minimum down to two nights or three right. nights for right. like a day or two days. And if that doesn't work, then alter the price. And if that doesn't work, you have so many tools at your, you know, at your, uh, you have so many tools at your disposal. You should never not go booked for an event like that, period. Right. Right. It's totally unacceptable. Now, if I'm reading between the lines here, if someone is the manager, a professional manager of dozens and dozens of units like that, it sounds to me like that's dozens and dozens of investment property owners that have trusted him or her to make the proper decision on their behalf. And uh, I don't know about you, man, but all the people I've worked for in the past as a professional manager and all the people you work for, I don't think they'd be very happy if a premium uh, event like this. I would get fired. I better be dead. I literally (laughs) better be dead or in the hospital. And even then, that's not an excuse. Right. That's a fireable offense. If you don't, if you're unbooked for bike week or the Daytona 500, you, and you're a management company in the area and you don't book that out. Now, if the owner said, I don't want to go below $2,000 a night and you know, it's not going to get that, that's not your fault. But if you have sole control over pricing and, and they go unbooked, you, you should be fired. Right. So let's talk about that for a minute, because you've got some super relevant experiences there in Daytona Beach. You have those two major events every year. You can set your watch to a bike week, Daytona 500. And it just so happens Daytona 500 was the other weekend, like like a couple days ago. It was was Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. So that being the case, uh, we were talking off air beforehand about your gauge on on renting out your units now you're you're a couple dozen units and within some a few numbers right and some change so you've got all these units to look at and watch what they're doing so daytona 500 just happened now you already know next year's dates correct correct okay so you've already got your pricing for those special dates at a different price than you would have for an average week do you not Correct. Yep. Okay, perfect. So what we were talking about off air was how long does Lucas wait? Like, what are you willing to wait to not catch that early bird premium money? How far out do you need to be and how far? Well, let me ask it the other way around. How far ahead will you be on making certain every one of your units is full for Daytona? So as I was talking to Ryan off air, I really wait until the three month prior mark. So if the Daytona 500 happens on the third weekend in February, so that gives me until realistically November, real Thanksgiving time is about yep. the time that I start to go, what is booked and what isn't booked. Right. And at that point in time, it's pretty much always the units. Now, remember, I handle all luxury units, but some of these units yeah. don't have a very great view. The, the unit itself is luxury, maybe, you know, a million, million and a half, but it just doesn't have a great view. So it's, it's not, it's not facing the ocean, in other words. Correct. So maybe it faces the intercoastal, but you know, the, obviously the ocean front or ocean view <laughs> units are more desirable. Yeah. Um, so those are the, typically the style of unit that I'm left with and they will mm-hmm. get at the three month mark, they will get one price drop in that price drop because I know my competition and I know where I can get booked year in and year out will be the only price drop. I've never had to go back and play. Oh, I'm going to change it here and I'm going to change it here. and I'm going to change it here. I know where that, that number is that I get booked. And I'm like, okay, I went the whole year. I went nine months without getting booked at the higher price point. Let's not even play with it. I don't care about the extra couple dollars. You know, right. if somebody books for 
$25 a night and we, we make an extra, what is that? 150 bucks on a week. Right. It's not right. worth it. It's not worth it no. to continue to sit there and, and have the, you know, the owner is going to get stressed over it. You're going to get stressed over it. Just drop it to the price. You know, that it's going to get booked that you're comfortable with still. Mm -hmm. So for me, mm -hmm. let's say those Western facing units book out at $600 a night. Some years they do get booked out at 600, but sometimes we approach that three month and I say, Hey, it's not booked to myself. And I'm like, okay, let's just drop it to that 475. Yep. Boom. Done deal. It's, and it's going to get booked and, and we're okay with that because I have this spread on an income performer to the owner that says, Hey, we're expecting 400 to $600 a night. So anywhere mm -hmm. in that range, they already know that we can, you know, we'll sign the deal. And I know yeah. that that's still a good price. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with so, that. So without getting lost in the actual numbers, the percentage there, if I heard you right, is right around, it, it's, it's under 20%. So it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 18, 15% of a discount off of the 600 in, in that example, would you say that that percentage is representative throughout your portfolio that if you drop it by that much, many percentage points, you're, you're an instant book or soon booked? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. You're pretty much booked okay. immediately. If yeah. you're dropping a 20% price um, on those events. And like I told Ryan before, you could wait a little bit because there do people that book last minute for the Daytona 500 and coming down. It's not exactly like it's a little bit different from the NFL, but um, you know, there's I an argument like to, to be made that if you're still not booked even closer, you then go back up. There's an argument. Correct. To be made That's an that, argument. I'm not made as well. I want to make sure the listeners understand. I'm not giving you some crazy strategy to then, you know, jerk around with people as you get closer and then hope for that last minute and screw them deal. Um, There's no listen. perfect strategy, but what I can tell you, you know, typically doesn't work is to, you know, if, if, if something that you're doing is not working, you have to change what you're doing. Right. Um, most of the time that means taking a price reduction and doing it early enough to catch the people who are still the majority of people who are still looking to book because right. as your dates get closer to an event, there are less and less people looking in the marketplace period. Yeah. So yeah. you just, you know, you want to make sure you're making those pricing changes appropriately and, and well off in the future. Like you've given yourself nine months to get booked at X. Um, you know, maybe you want to take the approach. Let's say, for example, you have the 600 number every three months, you drop it 50 bucks until you're at mm -hmm. 450 at, at the, or until you're at, uh, yeah, that would be 450 at the three month interval, yep. you know, and, yep. and then you get booked, but, you know, yep. find us, find a strategy that works for you, but don't wait until don't do this guy and wait until the last two days before <laughs> you, you can almost guarantee Ridiculous. that 99.5% of people are, were already booked for the event. Right. Right. So guys, the, the overarching theme here is don't be stubborn. I mean, come on, listen, I've had owners that I've worked for and I've fired them for behaving in that manner where I'm sitting here like, this is what we're going to be able to get. This is the rate we can get. Here's the revenue you're going to have. I have people on the hook for these numbers and I get the response back. I got to have, and then fill in the blank with whatever crazy number they're saying, because in their mind, they've got this made up fictitious, possibly story about how much revenue they want out of the place. And if you're, if you're going to tell a manager and if you are a professional manager and you've got a customer talking to you that way um you may not want to work for them anymore they, they obviously you gotta get it that's yeah that's a whole nother conversation you got to bring that uh that owner has to be brought down to reality unless unless what he's giving you is a realistic but i in in every case i've ever had where that situation exists it's an unrealistic uh, revenue projection that they're giving themselves correct. and either a don't work for them or B bring them back down to reality in a respectful <laughs> way. I just right. did that with an owner who said, I need to get this amount in order to break even. And I was like, listen, 
I said, vacation rentals with a mortgage are not a cash flow business in 90% of the, no. in 90% of the business. They're a no. break even. You get to use it when you want to use it for your own vacation type of thing. Um, but they're not, you know, the vacation rental world's always been a break even business. Build equity, build the tax write off. You know, right. so so to expect a cash flow on that is is unrealistic expectation in in ninety percent of cases. Right, and not not to get on a tangent, but it, it's actually you know we should mark that down. It's a great episode to, to crush out too for everybody, especially the folks that are looking to buy something to then hire a manager. If if your alternatives and and your your reasons is let's say you might go buy a timeshare and throw money into a timeshare. This is way more intelligent to own a piece of real estate and have a guy like Lucas in, in Daytona Beach, for instance, run it. And then what you end up with is a property that has had its expenses leveraged over years of him managing it for you. And when it comes time for you to retire, maybe this thing is mostly paid off. Okay. What you put down matters as well. If you're trying to flow though, and you're trying to be profitable that way, probably not, probably not going to happen. So, and I know you've got owners, Lucas, that own them. Uh, you've got some owners that own them cash. Uh, they were just buyers straight up. And it's one of their yeah. multiple homes, right? So say a couple of these guys have properties all up and down the East Coast. This is just one of their pit stops they like to go to. They use yep. it when they're there. And your job is to make this otherwise static piece of real estate earn them money in the meantime, right? Correct. Yep. Right. So- Exactly. That approach, those owners are going to be easier on you, are they not? <laughs> they're, they're much, not. much easier. You know, yeah. the goal for me is to make sure every owner breaks even. Uh, you know, I can tell if a property has the ability to do that or if it doesn't have the ability to do that. And I give that to them up front when I'm signing. I'm not going to lie to anybody when I sign a contract with them. In fact, I will tell every owner that all of my numbers are extremely conservative because I would rather under promise and over deliver than over promise and under deliver. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And if you live by those words and you're going to go into management, you'll be successful one way or the other. You'll be successful. You'll get people who won't want to work with you because they're like, oh, your numbers aren't good. They'll come back. I promise they come back oh, yeah. because they're like, oh, you were right. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't lie to you like another management company would. Yep. I, I've had people that didn't sign deals with me for remodeling and they tell me later how, how you know, much they regret it because they went with somebody else based on some pricing. And, yeah. you know, you got to watch for those people. If, if your objective in listening to this podcast is to duplicate what, what Lucas is doing um, as a professional manager, um, be careful who you take on as clientele for those reasons. But again, the overarching theme of this episode was be flexible in your pricing, do what it takes to be competitive. Don't wait to the last minute. Don't be stubborn about it. And, and we didn't hit on it super hard, but Lucas pointed out something extremely important in this space. Watch your competition. If you are wondering why you're not renting out at 500 a night and you go and you pull up the, the search in Airbnb of your area and find out everybody else is doing 350 night, you have your answer. It's right there. If everyone else is offering it for lower, you need to go ahead and match them or do better. You're either going to do exactly Correct. what they're doing or you're going to go below. Figure it out. Yep. It's not hard. It's not rocket science, folks, but be aware of your surroundings. Don't wait till the last minute. My goodness. Um, crying out loud. I had, I had a similar situation a couple months ago where I was just like, um, I was looking at my calendar for one of my units. It's a, it's a, a one bedroom unit that normally performs like crazy. And I looked and and there was like a month and a half gap before even one little booking. And then the, the rest of the future was, was actually empty. And I just thought, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what's going on. 
And so I just looked at it and I was like, all right, what, what's going on in the neighborhood? What's happening in the area? Was there, was there no events? No, there was events. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I think I tweaked it by like, I'm not making this up folks. I think I did it by five bucks. I changed like, like four weeks, five weeks of pricing for like, like $5. It was enough for Airbnb to be like, Hey, everybody, here's a property that's on discount. That's normally booked. And it pushed me up to the top of the results or something because next thing you know, I'm not just booked for those dates. Uh, I can tell you right now, uh, that particular property will not be vacant again until October of this year. And this, this episode is being recorded in February of 23. So um, that's nuts. Like, like, are you kidding? Like all of a sudden these just massive bookings started coming in. They were worth thousands of dollars. And those months, they're, they're not on discount. This was a story from three months ago. This is back in November, December. Okay. So um, that little tweak pushed me up, got me more attention. You know, I, I barely had to look at it, but I didn't wait till the day of be like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be empty tomorrow. I better change it because we, we have mentioned in past episodes too, that the last, last, last minute price change and the super, super cheap pricing also gets you guests you do not want, if you recall. And I don't want to sit and repeat all that because we've already had a whole episode about that. I know what number brings me the wrong tenant. And I know Lucas has the same numbers in his mind as well. And that is the stopping point for, for me. So I, I know yes. you have the same feeling, right, Lucas? <laughs> so, yep, that, anyway. there's a stopping point. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, all right. Well, listen, guys, uh, great episode. I hope you guys learned something. That's what we're here for. Uh, like and subscribe on Instagram. Find us uh, uh, on there and send us your feedback on any future episodes you'd like to hear some topics on. I know we got some listener feedback episodes coming up here, including a story out of Palm Springs, if that's not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, Lucas, is that correct? Uh, we're going to get that yes. on a future episode here. That one I'm looking forward to. So uh, in the meantime, be the best host you can be and go get that money. Go get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.